Welcome to Merit Finish, the official podcast of Great Lakes Stainless, episode 31. It's Paul, Mike, and Travis, and on this episode we had Gage Stanley. He's a new finisher, and uh, he was great. The guy's done a ton of stuff. He owns his own pressure washing business, Streamline Pressure Washing. I want to make sure you get that right to plug it, you know, get, get the guy some, some business. So, And we talked about all kinds of stuff, uh, even went down kind of the social philosophical route of millennials and the stereotypes and everything but uh yeah we're definitely gonna have him back uh, he's got a lot of great stories he bartended for a long time and we got a great story at the end of this episode about that um, also a good pressure washing story so i'm uh, definitely gonna have him back and he can uh, tell us more um we are uh, are we hiring got anything on the website right now um i think so okay i think we're uh, still looking for welders and finishers a couple of uh a couple mm-hmm. of big months coming up mm-hmm and then Travis is going to be on the road here in a few weeks. Yeah, on the road weeks. in a couple of weeks. Yeah, sure. start making the rounds, sure. shaking hands, slapping babies. They're not. Can <laughs> buy from us. <laughs> I'll do it again. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it again. <laughs> it's a new sales tactic oh, I'm working on. Is it? Yeah. Intimidating. I bring a baby violence. and a puppy with me on the road. <laughs> and then abuse them until they buy from you. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'd never abuse a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Dude, Shelby sent me a video last night, and it's just like a four-minute video just titled, My Dog is Broken. I'll send it to you. Did I send it to you? I don't think so. I think I saw it, though. It is one of the funniest videos I've ever seen. It starts off with a husky, like, howling, and it goes into a scream. And then, yeah, there's stuff like... There's a bulldog jumping up on a couch and just cutting a huge fart when he does it. He just, you can't, I mean, I was in tears. That's my level of humor. <laughs> you know, you're like an onion, Paul. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know. Yeah, with one layer. <laughs> Not very deep. So our, uh, our website is greatlakestainless.com, and if you go to the news tab, that's where you'll find all the episodes of the podcast. Plus, also our Facebook and Instagram is on there, and Travis has been posting like crazy. We got a lot of cool stuff, like that. Um, oh man, that laminate that uh, we did. So that one on the columns. Oh yeah, the columns. Man, that stuff was cool. The casino. Yeah, yeah, yeah those columns turned out cool. I'm trying to remember what that stuff was called because I ordered it. But I can't remember what it was called. Oh, Ember Silkwood. Yeah, that stuff was cool. I'm hoping to go see if they're installed when I'm on the road next <clears> couple <throat> weeks. I think so. They were kind of hot for those, I think, when we got them done. So yeah. I think they probably installed them right away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those were cool. That was an easy... Uh, this guy that did a nice job figuring out how to do that. It was an easy build to get that twisted, faceted thing yeah. with, the, with the laminate and the seams. So, yeah. yeah, he came up with a good uh, good idea to build them. And then um, Brian, Sam, and Dustin did a really nice job Yeah, putting them together. Yeah, those turned out really good. Yeah, and we are... I know we're, we had a bit of a hiatus, uh, but we have two more... Uh, lined up so we're going to have some content at least for the next month and we're going to continue to try to get people and businesses and organizations on to give them some more exposure and hear more stories Uh, please reach out to us mirror finish at greatlakestainless.com and of course like i already mentioned facebook and instagram check us out and uh, subscribe rate and review very important to get us more exposure get us higher in that that search algorithm and get more listeners which not begging for again, but you will. I, I will. Uh, so here is episode 31 with Gage Stanley. Fancy setup here with trip hazards. And- Nice cheers. Probably should have put a sheet down. No, 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 no. Fine, that's why they're black. Getting dirty out there today. Oh, yeah. You got some finishing going? Yeah. I just finished bracket for the airport or whatever. Okay. It was a remake. Is that Grand Rapids? Is that the only airport we're doing right now? I don't know. We're doing a bunch of stuff that's going to. uh, No, we're doing some stuff for Palm Beach, I think. California or Florida? Florida. Okay. Is there a Palm Beach, California? There's got to be. There's uh, there's Palm Springs. Oh. That's where Bob Hope lives. Palm Springs? Yeah. I don't know. Last time I flew out there, I flew into Palm Springs. What'd you go to Palm Springs for? The airport. 
then I drove to my grandma's funeral. Oh, Redlands. Fun subject. All right. Funerals? I'm in. Have you, uh, no, we were talking about Palm Springs. I guess Bob's Hope, Bob Hope's house is like a tourist attraction there. It's modeled after a volcano. Actually, we were talking about Palm Beach International Airport where we're doing work and then capping stream of consciousness here. We <laughs> about tangent. Palm Springs, California <laughs> on the other side of the country. So. Yeah. This house looks like a volcano? Yeah, so it's got a big open courtyard in the middle, but it's covered by a big domed roof with a hole in the middle. It's crazy. Yeah. It sounds like a villain's lair. It does. <laughs> like straight from uh, The Incredibles. Yeah. Which is a great... Have you seen the second one? I haven't. So it's on Netflix. I haven't watched it yet. I saw part of it at the school because they showed it at, at the school and some movie night for the kids. But you have forty freaking kids running around the gym. Mm, best so, way to watch a movie. Yeah, so I couldn't hear a damn thing. And visually, it was stunning. But <laughs> freaking kids, man. So you uh, you're talking about doing some finishing out there, and, but you've also got welding experience, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, not in TIG. I actually TIG welded for the first time yesterday after work. Oh, nice. What'd you think? Um, I like it. I've torch welded before. Um, oh, okay. I, guess yeah, yeah. I got what I did out there, but uh, I think it'll be an easy transition after torch welding. Same it's not concept. Right. Just controlling your heat. It's yeah. The biggest thing. Yeah. So my, my stuff looks pretty good. So. So you talk about torch welding? That's with an actual flame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Settling torch. That I've never filler done. rod. Well, I guess it's, it's not very fun. Okay. It's really you. dirty and smoky <laughs> and hot. So I mean, we've done a ton. Of Brazing like that is, is torch welding similar to brazing? Similar, yeah. Okay. Yep. So the, the amount of heat, I mean, I have to like. Oh, it's much hotter than brazing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you got to crank your torch way up and oh, okay. use like a little note. It's blue, blue way inside the flame, and okay. it takes a while. You got to preheat the whole piece, and oh. it just slowly builds heat. So, yeah, lots of warping, lots of burnt fingers, oh. and. So it's not a not a good way to. No, no. It's why kind why of a, would you torch weld? Um, if you didn't have a welding machine. <laughs> there you yeah. go. All yeah. right, torch. I just wondered if they're like a certain. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think there's don't any. Have a welder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you can cut with it. You can you yeah, can okay. weld and cut yeah. off right. the same you know mm-hmm. attachment. So oh. handy in the field. Oh, I suppose. Or maybe like automotive yeah. working on. Exhaust. Axles or yeah, I don't yeah, know something. Sounds like something maybe uh, Todd Boris would have done. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's one that has like the lever on the handle when you want to cut hit the lever and it just pumps yep. oxygen in there. Yep. I'm just talking about. What they call those like rosebud tips or something? Or am I thinking something else? Rosebud's more for heating. Yeah. Just oh, heating things up. It's a bigger, wider. That's what I'm thinking. Of. Yeah. Okay. Whereas like your your. Well, it's just a different tip for the same. Yeah. Torch. Yeah. Okay. You put a rosebud tip on that torch and okay. then you get your big flame. Okay. Dwayne uses that, I think, for doing some of that coloring on the mm-hmm. steel. I know what you're talking like, about now. Yeah. It's like a mini flamethrower. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they look really cool. So now, did you go to school for welding or take any formal training? You did? Yep. Okay. I went to NMC. Um, I finished, I don't know, about maybe a third program. Um, and then I took an internship in Charlevoix, and I just had a lot going on. And they changed the program. So I just took a break. I'm thinking about going back this fall now that I'm back, but the whole layout of the program is different. So oh. I don't know how it's going to work. They're going to kind of, same instructor, so he's going to kind of help me through. I'm going to pay like partial credit on the classes because it went from went from having straight MIG class, like one class you're only doing MIG, one for stick, one for TIG, and you got like parts one, two, and three, to now it's integrated where you have welding lab one, and welding theory one, mm. and it covers all covers processes, all, yeah, all and you go through one, two, and three for all of them. So basically, I cut the metal out. Okay. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I'm, I'm done with like 20 percent of uh, all three classes. <laughs> oh, now you went to NMC for welding, right? No, you did. I went to school a lot in Utah for welding. Oh, okay. Yeah. What'd you go to NMC for then? Uh, just general classes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, what'd you have going to Charlevoix? Um, I was working for Midwest International, make welding. Um, oh, welding company. Yeah. Okay. What do they? What is Midwest? They build dust-free loading systems for cargo ships. Oh yeah, you were showing like, me pictures of these. Is that part of like Bayshore Steel? And my uncle works out there. Oh really? Yeah. At Midwest. Yeah, pretty sure. D- DCL yeah. dust I, collection. DCL is up there. I'm not no. sure. Uh-uh. He works okay. for one of those companies, but yeah, it's like automatic offloaders yeah. and dust-free offloaders for like yeah. cargo and stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's worked up there for a long time. Yeah, they do some other stuff, but most mostly just that. Um, well, we built some stuff for the cement plant up there, St. Mary's yeah. Cement or whatever. Yeah. Hmm. Stuff like that. Small world. It was, it was good experience for sure. Did you grow up around here then? Yeah. Okay. Born in Travers. Born and raised. Yeah. And usually you jumped around a lot though. Just yeah. kind of married. <laughs> that, that cement plant, that's St. Mary's cement. That is a pretty big plant, isn't mm-hmm. it? I mean, it's like yeah, they expanded to huge. It's, it's a lot bigger now, from what I've heard. My uncle yeah, I mean, they had. I heard how many people they had working up there just doing the construction. It was impressive. Yeah, I mean, it was a yeah, like holy cow. That's not like rinky dink operation. No. I think it was fifteen or sixteen months of electrical work. My oh. uncle's a union electrician, and okay. I mean, they had a whole company there for like over a year. So yeah, I want to so, say. Well, I mean, I'm just. I could be totally off, but I want to say it was like into the hundreds of construction workers that were working on this thing. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, probably. Isn't, isn't it Charlottesville, Charlottesville expanding that plant you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Wow. The St. Mary's cement plant? Mm-hmm. What was that? We got a ghost? Mm-hmm. Did we build on a uh, Indian graveyard, Mike? Is that what this is? I don't know. Yeah, maybe they, Yeah, but maybe we did now that a Native American doesn't own it anymore. Oh. oh. What did you do, Mike? Right. <laughs> what did you do? Spirits are restless. What kind of uh, places did you live then, Ron? You name it, huh? All kinds of places, yeah. yeah. Nothing exceptionally fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so if you had to pick the places you lived up here, if you had to pick, where would you go back to? Um, I wouldn't go back to any of the places that I live. <laughs> I would live in the places that we couldn't afford to live. All right, all right. Peninsula, sure. Leelanau County, Elk Rapids. <laughs> sure. Charlevoix. Yeah. Yeah, man, you go through Charlevoix, you can just smell the money. That Petoskey. It's, it's beautiful mm-hmm. out there. It is pretty. Yeah. Charlevoix, Walloon Lake. It's nice up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there. Harbor Springs, Bay Harbor. Yeah, that. that whole area up there is kind of how Traverse City used to be. Oh, okay. It's just like there, there's not so much stuff packed up there. Yeah. There's not tons of traffic, you know. Oh, it's pretty People awful. still got property. The water's still Even nice. downtown Petoskey is pretty nice, man. I like downtown yes. Petoskey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. That, what's, that one, what's that one bar? City, city something? They got good food down there. It's a nice, cool little place. City oh, Park Grill or something yes. like that. Was called something City like that. Grill. Yeah, I know. Mandy and I went and ate there. Yeah. yeah. Went up there uh, a year ago for her birthday. It was nice. Stayed in the Perry Hotel right there and mm-hmm. walked around downtown. Just yeah. a nice time. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny talking about traffic. I don't know who I was talking about the other day because we've got um, over by my house, they're doing some construction. And out there, you know, because you got the way the lakes and the roads are situated, th- the road they're working on happens to be like a main artery to get from like Carlin to you know west into Benzie, and so now you got to go freaking all the way around, and you're stuck in a one lane. Oh, really? Yeah. So right in Carlin uh, on Nesson City Road. Yeah. Okay. They're expanding the road. I could I could hear them working over yeah. there from like when I was back walking the dogs. I could hear them down there, but I mean. Uh, yeah. So going home this week, I've just gone straight through Carlin and back around uh, uh, up Ramsey yeah. and yeah. back home. So. Um, but I've lost all tolerance for traffic because <laughs> I grew up in Southeast Virginia where, you know, they've got bridges and tunnels and it's just accepted that if you're going to cross the tunnel, you have to be prepared for a, like a one hour delay. Yeah. For whatever reason, it doesn't matter what it is. And I got, you know, it's just, I grew up driving there and I just got used to it. Mm-hmm. And now up here, if I'm on my way to work and there's another car at the intersection when I get there... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, son of a bitch! <laughs> like, what is happening? Where are these people coming from? Oh, yeah. But yeah, this is getting... I haven't even been down to 8th Street. <clears throat> Man, well, don't, heard. That's don't, a nightmare. don't go down there. Don't even go into Traverse City. Yeah, yeah like from now through Labor Day. Yeah. Just, I just stay away like from now through Labor Day. Yeah, just turning left at the light during oh, lunchtime is... <laughs> Yeah, a yeah. joke. Yeah. What was it? Or not the light at the end of the yeah, yeah. 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 Next spring, they're putting in the turn lane, right? From Chums all the way to the yep. turn. So yep. that will help a little. Yeah, that should help quite a bit, yeah. I think. Because it's, yeah, you're right. They got to do something. Right? I mean, yeah. And you're coming from Interlocking, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Travis lives not far from me, between me and Interlocking. And he used to actually live right in Interlocking. Yeah, he lived right in Interlocking. So that's yeah. a nice little area, though. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's nice out there. 
as long as, long as you can find good work, you know. I mean, yeah. this is about as close as I can hope to be living out there. Oh, dude, housing, yeah. work. housing prices. We've talked about that before. Housing prices are out of control. Yeah. Around here, for sure. Yeah, they you definitely mean, are. Yeah. So, I mean, you just, you came up from Georgia. You spent the winter in Georgia. So, mm-hmm. how was, how was winters in Georgia? I've never. It was awesome. Because, uh, I mean, nights get cold. We have some, you know, high 30, low 40 days. Those are like the coldest nights, yeah. you know, in Georgia. But I rode my motorcycle and shorts and a t-shirt to work every day. So nice. all winter long. Mm. What part of Georgia are you at? Um, actually, just across the border north of Jacksonville, Florida. It's a little town oh, called St. Southern, Mary's. Southern Georgia. Whoa, yep. Way down there. Right okay. by uh, Kings Bay Naval Base. Okay. Man. Yeah. What were you doing down there for work? Um, I was bartending. I, I planned on welding while I was down there, but I couldn't find, there wasn't a whole lot in that area besides the base, and the base is tough to get into because it's the only good right. yeah. you know, work in the area, and aside from that, you know, you're commuting an hour and a half into Jacksonville. It's a 40-minute drive, mm. but not with traffic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right. So what, what took you down to Georgia, Georgia to begin with? I got family, family down oh, there, okay. and uh, me and my cousin just... Just wanted a break. We were sick of winter, you know. Oh, yeah. Wanted to get out of here. I had uh, broken up with my girlfriend at the time, mm-hmm. you know. Just ready for something different, change of pace. Cool. I'd never seen grass in the winter before <laughs> or on, my, on my birthday before <laughs> January twenty second. Uh, yeah. It was great to be able to wear a t shirt on my birthday. <laughs> yeah, sure. We just had a guy uh, that was from California, and they ended up uh, they ended up going back. So kind of opposite. You come back. Yeah. From a warmer spot, and I guess the you know from what I heard, his his wife was just not not about the winters up here, which I can understand that. I mean, it's you know, yeah. I don't personally don't mind it, but I mean, it, it's a personal thing, I guess. Yeah. And, um, so they're they're actually headed back to California, Northern California. So it's not uh, it's not like the brutal heat of Southern California, but yeah, it's pretty nice up there. Yeah, or Southern Georgia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. eighty-five and humid when we left in May. They're getting cooked down there right now. Yeah, well, yeah, the heat down there. I take the California. I mean, it is a dry heat. I, I don't That's care. One hundred, hundred plus degrees is hot, dry yeah. or not. Yeah, yeah. But we were down there, like uh, last time I was out there. I remember we were sitting at my um, at my aunt's house in the shade, and some of the kids wanted to go swimming. She's like, "No, it's too cool." I was like, well, it's not that cool, but, you know, then we get in the car, it's like 88 degrees or something. But, you know, there's just not a lick of moisture in the air. <laughs> so if you're not in the sun. Where is this now? Southern California. Okay, sure. Yeah. It's really dry. Utah is the same way. Salt Lake oh, City, we'd get 100-degree days, a few hundred-degree days a year, and it's like, it wasn't that bad. The sun's hot, but, I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah, Georgia's terrible. It's yeah. hot yeah. or cold, like that 40, 50-degree cold. You wouldn't think it'd be that bad coming from here, but because it's humid down there, even when it's colder, it's just yeah, like it's exactly. bone chilling cold. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Sometimes I think I'm colder, even here, like that yeah. humid 40, 35, yeah. 40 yeah. degrees. Just like, like goes right I through felt, you. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Why? What is it? I'm like, you know, I've literally been warmer when it's 30 degrees colder. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I was like, maybe I dress better. I don't know. You know, yeah. I mean, if it's, you know, yeah. 15 and you're going out, there's no question, you know, bundle up. But for sure. Yeah, I totally t- I know exactly what you're talking about. And you probably got some wicked thunderstorms that they get down there. Oh, yeah. With all that. Yeah. During the summer, um, I lived down there in the past through the summer. Uh, and it was brutal in the summer. And it rains almost every day, but only for like an hour. Okay. It'll, it'll just downpour. Sure. Be bright, sunny, 100 degrees. All of a sudden, storm crowds roll in. You know, you'll get freaking, you'll have a foot of standing water. It'll flood everything out in an hour. Sun comes back out, and you're in a sauna. Yeah, I mean, you can be inside looking outside, and you'll start sweating. Yeah. That's how bad it is. You can see the the haze above the concrete and stuff. Yeah, you're effectively just dumping a, a pitcher of water on the rocks. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. A good exactly. That's yeah. exactly really what good it's idea. like. Yeah, I did Habitat for Humanity, like, for a couple of weeks in Miami in July when I was in high school, just like you described, and it's, like, blue sky, sun all day, and then 4 o'clock, late afternoon, and here it comes. Yeah, dumps, goes away, steam bath. Yep. It's just, <laughs> uh, I don't know how people live down there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's wild, man. You can cook eggs on the sidewalk. No way, not for me. I, I got away. Virginia wasn't that bad. 
you know, if you get into the western part with the mountains, you get away from the coast. Yeah. It, it's it's not that bad, but on the coast there, and it's not as bad as you're talking about, but bad enough for me. It's just yeah. like, it is too much. Take your pick, you know, freeze in the winter or cook in the summer. Yeah. It's like, which is worse, yeah. the, the brutal cold yeah. in northern Michigan winter or the brutal hot of Georgia summer? Yeah, you know? I, to me, I'll take the winter. You got to put more on. True. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with that. So what, what else did you do down in Georgia? Bartend? Just bartend. Yeah. I did a little bit of pressure washing, and I took my rig with me, but I didn't put that much effort into it. I had spent the whole year grinding before that. And basically built everything I had in one year. Went like super hard, quit my job, everything, mm-hmm. and uh, I wasn't ready to do that all over again, fresh. Sure. You know, I was ready to take a break. Because you own your own pressure washing business, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the name of it? Streamline pressure washing. It's a good plug. Everybody remember that. <laughs> New pressure washing service right here, right? So, and you're when did you? How old were you when you started that? I started doing washing on my own when I was probably around like 22. Okay. I was working for Northern Lightning Wash in Traverse City, washing fleet, okay. and I'd pick up jobs here and there, and I had a cool boss, and he would let me take the work truck and, you know, go do a side job here or there. Oh, that's really generous. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, he was cool, learned a lot from him, learned a lot watching that company build. Sure. There was three of us when it started. He was 27. Um, I was working for him. So now I'm his age. Sure. Um, I'm on the opposite side of the wash <laughs> spectrum. You know, we still work together. I still help him out. He still helps me out. Keep good communication there. You know, I still go to the company parties. I still have really? their work shirts. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. seen the work shirts. He gets mad because I weld in them, and then I walk around with buckshot <laughs> holes in my Northern Lightning shirts. Yeah, that's really cool of a boss to let you do that. Yeah. Unrelated, yeah, Mike, sure. I need to borrow a welder. Yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I like to think I earned it. I sure. busted my ass for him for five years, so yeah. I made him a lot of money. Yeah, we talked a little bit when we went out to lunch about, you know, all the different stuff you've done and starting a business really young. And what was, what was like, the biggest challenge you found about starting a business? For me personally, the biggest challenge was probably just startup capital with with the debt I have. Um, you know, I had a drunk driving at 21 or 22. Mm-hmm. When it was all said and done, that cost me about 25000 cool. Um I had student loans. Sure. I got medical debt. You know, it all piles up. So I was paying on all that, paying rent, um, you know, helping my girlfriend out. Going to school, still paying for school, and trying to come up with funds because I, I didn't take any loans at all. You know, I try to I try to go by people that are good with business. You know, like yeah. Mark Cuban, guys like that. Uh-huh. Say you're stupid if you start a business in debt. Yeah. If you start in debt, that's a terrible business right. model. So I built my entire rig cash, no payments on any of it. It still costs enough without having payments, you know, between vehicle repairs and insurance mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah. Upkeep. Yeah, I never thought about, I think yeah. it's something a lot of people forget is the stuff like that, like insurance for, yeah. you know. And I mean, mo- most people, that's not going to be the hardest part. I mean, if you have decent credit and not a lot of debt, or you make decent money, it's really not that hard, depending on what kind of business you're tapping into. I mean... Yeah. 10, 20,000, you could get a pretty good start with a pressure washing setup. Sure. Um, but that was a ton of money for me to come up with. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was pretty much one job at a time. And wow. I'd yeah. take all that money and roll it into whatever I needed most. And I just kept doing that. And, you know, I couldn't even set anything aside for taxes. I was banking on the oh, fact that I was going to have enough write offs <clears throat> to break clean. And sure. I did, you know. So, what did you learn all that stuff? Like, as far as the business strategies and everything? Doing a lot of my own homework online, watching um, Nate run Northern Lightning, you mm-hmm. know, being kind of, um, because it was only us three guys, you get a lot of peeks at what's going on behind the scenes, you know, him running the company, taking calls while you're in the work truck with him and talking to his accountant and this and that. You just kind of, I pay attention to that stuff, you know, because I knew come in handy eventually yeah different kind of stuff you know the sales part of it uh, all that customer relations and 
You got to kind of be a jack of all trades. Yeah, you especially you, you really do. Being an owner operator has got to be like the hardest job in the world. Um, that just, I mean, you're wearing like 20 different hats. You got to constantly switch between them depending yep. on the situation. Yep, and you have to be <clears throat> proficient at all of them. So did you decide on pressure washing because you had been working? It was, yeah, it was the only field that I had enough experience in myself to kind of go out on my own. Everything else, I wasn't really confident enough, you know. I had a fair idea on where to bid stuff. I knew how to do the work. I knew the equipment, you know. I knew the chemicals. I had network backing. I had him as a resource, you know, stuff like that, so... It's just kind of, I knew I wanted to, you know, start my own business, whether it be full-time or on the side, and that was that was my best option. Okay. So what other, you talked about all the other stuff, what other jobs have you done? Um, I've worked in a warehouse, um, distributing electrical parts. Um, I've done roofing, construction, landscaping. Most of what I'd done was in restaurants. Throughout almost all of that, I always had at least a part-time bartending job because, okay. um, you know, it's easy to squeeze in nights and that's good cash on the side. You know, you make good money on weekends. done a little bit of everything. I mean, pretty much since I turned 18 and graduated, I've had between two and four jobs wow. all the time, even through school. Wow. I was working probably 60 to 75 hours a week. Plus going to school, 20 credit hours at NMC, yeah. and doing probation for my drunk driving. Yeah. And that was like three years of that. Sure. Oh, it was yeah. rough. Do you think the variety of stuff don't that you Don't drink and drive. Yeah, That's do not do stuff, that. Right? <laughs> do you think the variety of stuff that you did helped you uh, when you went to start your own business? Um, all that exposure? A little bit. Uh, not as far as the, you know, the skills itself. I haven't used a lot of the stuff I've done, but... Getting to know people, you know, getting comfortable with talking to people, getting comfortable with sales, that all helps, you know, dealing with different types of people. Um, That's really the biggest asset you can have as a business owner, unless you can afford to hire salesmen, is just knowing how to deal with people. Because Mm -hmm. if you come off weird or shady, if you hire a salesman, then you got to deal with your salesman. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not confident, you know, in what you do and you're not good at, Talking to people. Is it cold in here? It's too? hard. <laughs> it's hard. Uh, hard to make a living. You know that's so, that's so true because it's something I, I've always struggled with is like the social aspect. Yep. You know, I'm now doing a lot of purchasing and project management. It's kind of forced me in a good way to grow. You know, yep. even like I mean, a good example, and I'm sure I mean I know a lot of people that feel like this. Even if you have to call the bank for some reason. You know, I would get anxious about that because mm-hmm. I had to talk to someone that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you could analyze that up and down, social anxiety, where is it from? But it's it's a roadblock yeah. to doing a lot of stuff, and I can see what Very you're much about. so. And I, I was an uh, antisocial kid. Right. So I was quiet to myself, you know, more of a thinker than a talker. And okay. No, I've kind of flip-flopped that. I'm more of a talker. Not a um, <laughs> you know, six years of bartending, and now, you know, my mouth moves a lot faster than it used to. Okay. But that was great for me. I mean, bartending, bartending and moving around a lot, and different schools, different jobs, okay. lots of interviews, all that exposure made me comfortable around people, you know. So how did you get into bartending? Um, I mean, you know. If- I worked wedding catering uh from when I was about 15, because my mom worked at um, the Homestead Resort out in oh, Glen Arbor. Oh, yeah. So I went to work for them as a dishwasher, and then I moved up to Line Cook pretty quick, you know, within a couple months, and then I just kept kept uh, chomping at the bit, you know, kept talking to them, hey, I want a bartend, hey, I want a bartend, you know, squeaky wheel gets the grease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just be very annoying, you know, right. persistent, as long as you're a good worker. You know, just be persistent, yeah. and you'll right. get your shot eventually. You have to be 18? To, to bartend. To bartend, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You yeah, it's kind of a hierarchy in, yeah. in restaurants. You always start out dishwashing, and then... It's hard to get into, to too. It's a little bit easier for, for girls. Um, hard to get in as a guy. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Depending on where you're at, but oh, yeah. it's hard to get people to give you a shot when you don't have any experience and, you know, you're a guy. 
most yeah. of the time they're looking for cute girls to run the bars. That's fair. That's just the, the way it is. Yeah. Yep, that's the culture. The one yeah. of the places I worked at, and it, it was known that the hosting staff and the owners specifically picked out young, attractive women for yeah. to host, and that's why they did it. You know, and it's like, yeah. yep, you've got your social arguments on both sides for that, but it got results. I'm not yeah, results are right results. or wrong. Yeah, and, yeah. And not, you know. Yeah, but and but the place was known for that, and you know it's if you want to go see an attractive host, that's where you go. Yep, and one of the places, you know, yeah, it worked. It, I mean, and I couldn't tell you the numbers of how much business it actually generated, but when people are walking in mm-hmm. the door because they know that. Yeah, I mean, you know, some places that's their whole business model. Yeah, well, Hooters. Hooters. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, they're not gonna hire a guy bartender. No, <laughs> pharmaceutical sales. Yeah, pharmaceutical yep. sales. Yeah, very true. Absolutely. Very true. Did you ever remember that show? I don't even know if it's on still. Undercover Boss. You remember that? Yeah, I remember yeah. the show. Yeah. So. They had an episode with the yeah, guy, Hooters, the Hooters yeah. guy. Yeah, and there was <laughs> yeah, that's horrible. Ooh, there was one scene or well, a segment or whatever where him and a couple of the servers are on a street corner handing out like uh, literature, you know, merchandise. They had a sign, or, you know, and. Ninety uh, percent of the people that walk by just shit on him. <laughs> you, know, like, you misogynistic prick! I'm not coming there because you exploit women. And he's just like, his mouth is open. And like, everybody that walked by him, like, oh man, yeah. Oh. And, uh, and then there was another segment where he went. He was uh, as a cook or a dishwasher at a restaurant, and uh, of course, he's not one of those. CEOs that's really recognizable, so they didn't really have to put them up in a lot of costume and makeup. And uh, the manager of that particular uh, restaurant, if one of the if the servers wanted to get cut early because it was slow, he would make them. He put he put out like two plates of beans and make them eat it with their hands behind their back, and whoever finished their plate first could go home. And he about lost it. He almost come like came out of character, you know. And then later on at the end when they do the reveal, he confronted the manager, and the freaking denial was just amazing because you know he's like, "This is awful. You do not treat people like this." And he's like, "You know, I'm not going to apologize for being good at my job." <laughs> he's like, "What?" And it's like, you're being a dick. You can't treat people like that. And he's How like, of a salesman. Yeah. And he's like, if, if my methods are too, you know, efficient, I, you know, I just don't see how that's a bad thing. I was like, buddy, they fired him on spot <laughs> on national TV. Oh, man. <laughs> I used to watch that show all the time, man. But yeah, you're right. Some, some businesses are built on that model. That's Stainless steel fabricators, usually their, their staff, oh, yeah. you know, they usually hire the beefcakes for those. Yeah, you know? oh no, yeah, <laughs> for sure. And then sometimes they stick them up behind a desk, you know. Yeah. Oh. You got to go out, uh, you got to go out in the shop and see the real meat, right? Yeah, yeah. But you're talking about moving around a lot. Was it just in the area you moved around? Were your parents military? What was the... Just all different kinds of stuff. My parents got divorced fairly early, you know, so there was a couple years stretch where they were together in the knot together in the knot you know all that kind of stuff and then remarried you know they both remarried and I bounced around between custody sometimes and you know and each of them continued to move around so I was constantly switching schools oh that had been rough trying to maintain friends yeah I mean I don't know I never really developed I don't I don't have any friends from school that I still talk to really over Facebook a little bit, but sure. nobody that I could consider like a friend, you know, from school. From yeah. Now. They're basically all just still acquaintances. The most I spent with the same group of people was like three years and it was three separate years. It was like, Oh, I see it was like saying. seventh grade, ninth grade and 11th grade. <laughs> oh man. Ooh. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. What kind of stuff were you into as a kid? Um, Computers a lot. Um, I did a lot of stuff with computers. You know, I spent a lot of time playing video games and stuff. Uh, football. And that was about it. What was your favorite, your go-to video game? Like, if you had to blow off um, some steam, get home, and what'd you put in? I played a lot of uh, a lot of strategy games. So probably, oh. probably like StarCraft or WarCraft or one oh, of those okay. games, you know, where you, you build... 
build up your side of the map and, you know, objective-based stuff. Okay. Um, I play a lot of that. Okay. You went to, initially went to school for IT, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How'd that go? That was, what was that, that program like? Um, the program was fine. I just, you know, enjoying computers from a, you know, video gaming and free time standpoint is a lot different than mm-hmm. working in the industry. Figured, I like computers, you know, I'll be good at this. And that's just not the case. It was incredibly boring. Oh, yeah? <laughs> um, I did networking and got Network Plus certified. And after that one semester, I was like, there ain't no way. No way I'm doing four more years of this. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, my I Network did. Plus book was about that big, and it's nothing but binary code and, you know, oh, zeros and ones. Right. And you're plugging in 84 digits to get an IP address and learning how to do all the stuff that we can do now on a calculator manually, you know, it's kind of back like long division, yeah. that oh, style of learning. And same thing, I went into college pre-med and uh, like really? the second second semester, I got to zoology, I was like, well, if I take this class to be a doctor, uh, looks like I'm not going to be a doctor because no way, you know, yep. am I sitting through this class? Yeah. Yeah. No way. It was like that. It was just like so boring, so yeah. boring. I could so find a lot boring. of interesting things and yeah. a lot of things, but I was like, nope. Yeah. Well, but what's boring about animals? Didn't like it's animals? not animals. Oh. It's, it's not, not animals. animals. It's the taxonomy and the classification. Oh. oh, see, I would, dude. I could be that. I don't know, man. It was pretty, pretty yeah. boring, horrible, horrible, boring. Not only is it boring, but the workload is just incredible. Mm. The networking workload was huge. I'm sure that was worse. Yeah, but I'm I, thinking I'm yeah, I'm in series sometimes. one classes and the workload's already overwhelming. Yeah, like there ain't no way when I get when I get when I get <laughs> yep. to you know a uh, university but, I'm gonna get crushed. There's no way. So, oh man, we well, could, no, like yep, I get to that and I was just like no, no. So we we could have had a Dr. Mike. Is what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, I guess you could have. What would have but, been? What would have been your your specialty? I don't know. I was not. I didn't have like some overwhelming urge to help humanity or heal people. I just want to pick something that made a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> which is which is why bed. Which is bed which is alone. why my ambitions to be a doctor wilted in the sun of reality immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they were not. Uh, the roots were not very deep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens to a lot of people. Most of my friends that went to school, they picked something that made good money, mm. and. If you don't enjoy what you do, it's only, you know... No, that's the key. Not many people have the, like, fortitude to power through something they hate. But, yeah. Some people do, but not many. Some people have the fortitude. Quite a few people have the fortitude to power through or buckle down. But, man, what a miserable life. Yeah. Yeah. I think it depends on just what your priority is and how you define success. Because Mm -hmm. if you... If you define it's money, Paul. It's right. money. Well, if it is, I mean, then let's just yeah. Solve that right now. As long I'm just as you're kidding, making, it's not just money. As long as you're making money, you can do whatever. Success, it is to kids coming account. out of school. Yeah. yeah, kids coming out of high school. Money is ninety-five percent of it. It's hard in it's our amazing. society not to have that attitude. But if you can understand well, that uh, success is generally measured far differently than money. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's, it's some very taught. wealthy, very unsuccessful people. Yeah, yeah. and we've, in our culture, that that's what we've taught people, is that wealth equals success. And then they get the wealth, and they're still freaking miserable. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's not... <laughs> uh, I, I totally yeah, disagree. There was, I mean, there was somebody who you'd know, I can't remember who it was, but uh, he's, one of them said, well, I've been poor and miserable, and I've been rich and miserable. Rich and miserable is better. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. That's true. I do want to go on the record saying that I want to get a, uh, a cross-stitch wall hanging. You just said uh, my ambitions wilted in the sun of reality for the roots were not very deep. I want to get that for your <laughs> <laughs> A cross-stitch. Yeah, just like a cross-stitch in a frame. It's like a wilted right, flower right over the door. A tree. With, <laughs> right over the door. A tree with like the last leaf falling off. <laughs> One of those things where every time you walk out of your office, you slap it for inspiration. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, I, that's that's what we totally we taught everybody. You know, is is that if you're not rich, you're a failure. Yeah. And it maybe and directly as well as indirectly by, you know, how we we measure success and the things that we we say and what we emphasize. And I, I totally disagree. It should be happiness. That's what I think. That yeah. should be that. If you're happy, that defines success. Even if you're freaking. 
you know, penniless. Mm-hmm. If you're happy. I think we've talked about that documentary called Happy before. Have we? Where they, they like, I don't know, figured out the happiest people in the world, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're like <clears throat> up in Siberia. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Small oh, tribe. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, just, yeah. you know, yeah. subsistence living. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, no, these people not, are happy. I think it was the Scandinavians. Maybe it was but that wasn't. They're not subsistence living. They got a pretty high standard of living up yeah. there, thanks to yeah. the vast oil wealth that powers there. Yeah, Finland's got a lot of oil. And they're in. Mm. And they're in Finland. One of the biggest, biggest sovereign wealth funds ever. They've. I don't know. That. I've never seen an angry Finn. I have neither. My uncle is Finnish. Was it the Danish we were on those calls with for a while? With uh, yeah, Denmark. With, they, uh, they'd call me after Joe's, what was it? Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> Joe and the Juice. Yeah, they the they call us like techno. I swear they're like <laughs> oh a rave in the background. Yeah, so we were at ten in the morning, and they're like, I mean, you can hear it in the background. Glasses clinking, people cheering. Yeah, Matthias. Matthias, that's right. Yeah, fat fuck. Yeah, fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah, they were in Denmark, weren't they? Yeah, Denmark. That's yeah. right. Yep. Sure. Yeah, but <laughs> no, I think uh, you know. I mean, happiness. But what is it? It's finding uh, finding having a purposeful life. I think leads to happiness. Yeah. Finding a purpose and a passion. Yeah, so, not just you know, aimless sure. meandering. Mm-hmm. Doing something that matters. Mm-hmm. Oh, that you care about. But what if aimless meandering is your purpose? Damn. It's deep. Man. Oh yeah. Jack Kerouac. God. <laughs> well, then, then you go into sales. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no. Do you is, love being lost is... in a sea of desperation? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, a, maybe a career in sales is right for you. Oh. Ever wondered what several different red roof ends look like? <laughs> <laughs> Do you like the feeling of drowning? <laughs> oh, man. Well, but we were talking kind of at lunch. We were talking kind of about um, how you know you started a business really young, and just from our conversation, I got the feeling that you're very um, you like you know your your path. Like even if you don't know where it's going, you're very confident in the path that you're taking, and how that is really contradictory to this stereotype of millennials mm-hmm. that everybody has and we um, you know we had uh, an intern for a couple of years who she's probably 20 21 now and we had her on earlier on uh, in the podcast and we talked about that too how you know it's like how do you feel about these stereotypes and, and what are some of the things that you've heard have you ever been treated differently as a result of these stereotypes and she's like yeah people you know they look at my age and they just make assumptions mm-hmm. you know but from I don't I have never really seen, uh, and I, of course this is anecdotal, but I just I don't see it. I don't see the stereotypes. I don't I don't buy it. I think it's all a bunch of myths. You know. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of it there. There definitely is, and I mean, it's not any specific generation. There, you know, there's people my age, people yeah. your age. There's all kinds of people that are like that. I think society as a whole has gotten lazier and sure. less driven, and there definitely is that stereotype. Have you ever been treated differently? Oh, yeah. You have? Yeah, I was a crew leader at 19, running my own route all over the state for Northern Lightning fleet washing and get 45-year-old guys out of the oil fields and ex-military and, you know, all these big, rough, tough guys, and they put them on my crew. And, you know, I have to get them to listen to me and respect me as a 19-year-old kid. Yeah, right. Don't happen. Not really. No, No, I mean... To an extent, everything would be a fight most of the time, you know. I just don't want to listen to a kid, you know. Sure. I've done the route a million times and tell them how they needed to do it and they would want to do it their way. Yeah. But I just, I would just go through guys a lot, you know. I'd okay. work with a guy for like a week and I'd tell the owner, I'd be like, yep, he's not working for me. Get him off my crew. Oh, okay. Give me somebody new. I'd just cycle through Jeez. until I found people that, you know, were willing to work with me. Yeah. And I just, I I made it so, you know, everyone was pretty much the same. I'd have them do it the way we wanted them to do it. And once they learned that way, if they found a faster way to do it that they liked better, yeah, go for it. If you're going to learn to do it how we do it first, 
because then you know you understand what's going on yeah you know where everything's going why i'm doing what i'm doing yeah you know, there's a system there's a reason that you know we're in business doing this yeah exactly so, exactly. so what are some uh tools or techniques that you would use when you start to get pushback from people um you know i never really uh never really mastered that it was kind of just a lot of turnover for me running the crew you know um yeah, there there wasn't really any specific techniques or anything. I just explained down to earth, you know. I wasn't really yelling at guys or anything like that. And just like, listen, this is the deal, man. Like, you can either do it how I want you to do it and be on this crew, or you're not going to have a job. Yeah. It's up to you. Yeah. Do it this way or go home. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Go sit in the truck. I had one or two guys where I just took them right off the job. They rode around with me the rest of the day. Like, don't even touch anything. Go sit in the truck. I'm done arguing with you. You know, they're trying to argue with me in the middle of a job site when we got, you know, we're on a site and I got other guys from the other company around and the bosses and, you know, they're trying to argue stupid stuff with me or doing dumb stuff, you know, whatever, a million different things. But I just, that was the only way for me to really manage it, you know, is just to send them to the owner. Yeah. That had been awkward. Yeah, Ride the rest of the day just sitting there. Yeah, you got a full-grown man sitting there, you know, with his thumb in his mouth in the truck, <laughs> watching me work by myself all day. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. Oh, that's yeah, that's gotta be rough. So, how do you think you've evolved from that? It's like at this point, if you had to deal with that at this point, how do you think you would handle it now? I don't think it'd be much different, yeah, honestly. Say, like, sounds like you handle yeah, pretty well. Yeah, I mean, say, yeah. People what else are, are direct. They're either going to yep. work with you or they're not. And so, I'm, I'm not going to have someone on my crew that's going to argue every point with me, you sure. know, unless they're better at my job than I am. Sure. In which case, you know, lead the way. Yeah. That's a good approach. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to be open. Yeah. I mean, there's just some people aren't teachable, you know. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's good though. Sometimes you just gotta trim the fat, you know, just be It's hard though, yep. especially when oh, you're yeah. undermanned. I mean yeah. a lot of companies have to just suck it up and deal with terrible employees. That's been one of my struggles is, you know, moving around and having different jobs is having, you know, being at those companies where they're so hurting for employees that you know, yeah, stuck I mean, with subpar. My first job we were working at Grand Travers Bagel and Bakery. And we come in after, you know, they get up whatever time bakers start one in the morning, two in the morning, whatever. Mm-hmm. So we come in after school at three or three, whatever time that was. And we'd be doing cleanup, cleaning all the pots and pans, getting everything ready. So there were four of us there. And me and Michael, we worked our tails off. And the other two rode around in dough balls. Mm-hmm. And the owner came in and we were like, get, just get, it'd be better not to have it. We'd be, get yeah. more done faster yeah. if they weren't even here. Yeah. yeah. We should chase them around or dodge a giant because those dough things I mean you can sit inside them yeah, yeah. and they roll yeah. around so yeah. they get inside and push each other around oh great. you're like fire me he's like really Mike and I were like hell yes you don't do shit you know there's nobody no supervisors there mm, at yeah. all yeah four high school kids <laughs> yeah oh jeez <laughs> right yeah it's, I mean it's the way I always so, looked so, at yeah. it too you know like get rid of them give me a raise I'll Doing their work anyways. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't even Might think we were well. smart enough to ask for a raise. We just don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people aren't. Sure, I'll do the same don't. work or more work for the same amount. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, I don't think oh, it's kind of like a raise. I mean, you know, working conditions are better without the yeah. other guy. Yeah. yeah. There. You yeah. usually get more hours yeah. over time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not, I think the other not two exactly doing a raise, but. Yeah. Uh, we already doing all the work, so. What was your first job? Uh, it's been like like real jobs. I used to mow grass when I was like 11, That's a real job. I don't want to denigrate mowing grass. That's a great ambition, but like where you had to like punch Employee. a clock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. W- that, that was that was like Shanty Creek, busboy. Oh, Shanty okay. Creek. Yeah. So I, I did that and then worked in like the convention center and skiers cafeteria pretty much most of the way through high school. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, me too. It was busboy. Bus and tables is horrible. Huh? Bus and tables was horrible. Did you guys split tips with the staff, the service? Sure, we, I'm sure they really split the tips we, with us. We yeah. went thin night again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, I need to pay. A, I'm going out this for the weekend. I need to pay a babysitter for my kids. So here's a couple bucks. <laughs> yeah. 
We uh, we did that. We wherever I worked, we never split tips. The 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 bus boys got paid actually a higher hourly wage than the mm-hmm. servers, obviously because it wasn't tip based. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, it was minimum wage and a little bit above. No, that was hard work. Once I got into the convention center and like doing the skiers cafeteria. That's just the gravy train, man. You got that job, and it's like, no, you just ride. You just ride that train as long as you can. Yeah, I did the bagel bakery thing. I can't remember how long. Just for a summer, I think. I don't know. Then I worked at the hospital while I was going to school in the cafeteria. That kind of sucked. The wage was really good, like the face wage was, until you realized you were still paying the full union dues that the full-time people did. Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you calculate your wage, you're like, wait, I'm not even making minimum wage. That was kind of a shit deal, man. Yeah. Real crappy. Should be a percentage of your... You would think. You would think, yeah. Yeah. So what's the... So you've done a bunch of stuff. What's the worst job you've ever had? Um, Like you couldn't... Couldn't pay you enough to do that again. Probably roofing. Oh, okay. Roofing. Roofing or... Pressure washing in the winter, the fleet washing. Ooh. Did that for five years. Doing that in the winter was miserable. We would. If he did pressure washers then? Yeah, he did pressure washer, but you know, you're, you're getting you. hosed with water all day long. Yeah. You're just in a constant. You know, especially because you're working with new guys because every week someone quits. <laughs> <laughs> so the new guys are hosing you down and you're ready to murder someone on the job site. You're just too cold and to carry it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there was nights we'd finish doing American Waste in town at 11, 12 o'clock at night and we'd get in the trucks at the end of the night. And you know, spray. We got long wands. Spray with this wand all all day, and this arm don't move that much. There's days I'd get in the truck and I'd have four inches of ice frozen on this whole side. I'd oh, have to like break yeah. the ice off my sleeve just to get up into the truck. Meanwhile, the grown man you made sit in the truck. All yeah, there's no sitting there. Munching on Cheetos. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. cold out there. He's inside yeah, yeah. their facility pouring hot coffee out of their, you know, yeah. Yeah. their coffee pots. Yeah, oh, that's got to be miserable. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, that constant mist and yeah. such yeah. low temperatures. If you dress right and bring extras, you know, it, it's manageable. But you get your feet wet. It's a long day. Can't think of a. I mean, it like a really terrible job, but I hated. I hated doing like at the when I worked at Monson. I hated doing pots and pans. Oh yeah, hated it. See, dishes are like my therapy. That's why my wife hates doing dishes. I, I'm like, that's fine. I love it. I trade therapy for me. I would trade. Uh, I was usually able to trade. I love doing carts. That was my favorite. Taking the carts, getting the carts from the floors, bringing okay. them up and taking them back because we get out early when I did carts. There you go. I could get down four flights of stairs in about fifteen seconds. Okay. It was more like a controlled fall. <laughs> yeah, okay. Then go down the say stairs. Dump yeah. the cart over yeah. the railing, or yeah. no, not with the carts. Because oh. I'm going down oh. the stairs, so that was when I would, you know, be going, uh, going to get them. I wouldn't take the elevators up or down when I didn't have the carts. I'd only take the elevators when I had the carts. That's what I. That's so when a I was, picture in my mind was yeah. Mike hopping on a cart. No, no, the carts you had to take those. They're giant double door carts full of food or. Oh yeah, dishes, okay. right, like catering oh, yeah. cabinets or whatever. You yeah, because you, you know you're taking up the patient room, so yeah, load them all up, and I'd I'd get them up there so I could get them up super quick, and then yeah. I'd go and I would help the the nurses love because I would help collect the trays from the patient sh- patient rooms too, yeah, because I want them to get those cards down, get them back down to the dish room, so yeah, yeah. but I would be just drenched in sweat by the time I was done. Sure. I don't know if the, <laughs> I'm just I just picture me walking around the. Sweat dripping off me. It's, it's. I can finally push elevator buttons now without getting a jolt of adrenaline. <laughs> PTSD. No, because no, the uh, opposite. That's right. Yeah. Here well, we the, go. Uh, no, because I pull those carts down the long carpeted hall, and I get there, and I reach for the other button, and it would arc from my finger about six inches to the elevator oh, plate. Oh, I mean, all the way, I mean, all the way up your arm. It was. Yeah. Like, it was just a pop. I mean, it was so loud, people would turn around and look. Snap! I'd be just like, I am four. Clear. (laughs) Clear. (laughs) You put your bite guard in before you. (laughs) (laughs) Why you wear a mouth guard? (laughs) Walk. Remember where that arrhythmia came from? I mean, it it was, I don't know, the biggest static shock ever gotten. It was just like, ah, here it comes. What do you do? It's all built up. You got nothing else to do. You get your. Steel-toed shoes, and you're trudging down the hall with two carts, so you're really building up the friction and rubber-isolated wheels on the carts, and... Bow! 
No kidding. For like yeah. at least two or three years afterward, I go push an autobot button, and you get that little flutter in your yeah. belly, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? It was the worst job you ever had? I don't know. You know, I worked in like that automotive factory here in town for yeah. a few years. Yep. That that was pretty mind numbing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like assembly line work. Oh, yeah. I could it's, it's running machines, you know what I mean? So it wasn't oh, necessarily okay. assembly lines. You're just putting parts in the machine. And, you know, I think the parts, the raw castings are 18 pounds a piece. Ooh. And you had two at a time. So you, you know got them I mean? shoulders, huh? And That's every day, huh? It was clavicles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, so, I mean, it was, I don't know. I'd just wake up in the middle of the night and, like, you'd have to pry your hands open. Ooh, okay. You know, from gripping parts mm-hmm. yeah. all day, you know? That sucks. Yeah, I mean it was okay. It wasn't terrible, but that was probably. Yeah. I worked in the office for their factory doing the plywood, the curved plywood. Man, I, I don't know. I like that. I was kind of I didn't mind that job at all. Doing what now? Uh, we're uh, Davidson Plyforms down at Grand Rapids, so they make, um, you know, like the there's a, a wood piece in this chair. That's what they made. Okay. You know, it's a contoured wood thing. Okay. They would make the forms. They'd lay up the veneers and glue them, and then they would machine them. You got to cut it out, put the holes in, put the T nuts in for all the you know little plates and stuff. So yeah. Um, so for chairs like this, for Steelcase and Heim and okay. Herman Miller, all the more customers that we had. So I worked in the machining department, so we'd run the big shaper, hogging off huge things, auto bore come down, you had to set that up and then drill them out. And yeah. Run parts, route, some of them got routed, yeah. most of them got T-nuts. Okay. I worked for... Get sanding. Yeah. On drum sander, you'd have to sand the rough edges off. Ah, okay. I worked, for a month out of college, I worked for... A guy, he had told me he ran a custom hot rod shop, and he ended up really just doing body work for dealerships. <laughs> That's some spin there. His future was, politics. Yeah, he was a psycho. That guy. He had like every morning he'd be mixing. Uh, he'd get coffee and like both hands shaking. He's pouring in cream and sugar, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't drink anymore." And I'm like. I think you need to start again. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. are twigging out here. And uh, he was just, oh, I've never what? seen a temper like this guy. And uh, he actually later ended up, I think, getting busted for domestic abuse. I mean, he looked really bad. Hmm. And uh, yeah, he was just a freaking nutcase psycho. Like, he would work in this closed garage with painting cars with no eye or protection, no mask. Nothing. No ventilation? Nope. I had to step out. And he had a salamander going because it was winter. So he had a, you know, a kerosene salamander going on inside with this freaking aerosolized paint. Just in a flammable booth. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, and I had to step outside every time he painted. I'm like, this is insane. I'm out of here. You're yeah. freaking, you're going to kill yourself. Yeah, I love it. So that was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Sand and fender panels on somebody's Buick Rendezvous and turned that into ah, custom hot rod shop. <laughs> Lesson learned there. Big time. Oh, man. Well, what you got to have, uh, you can talk a little bit about pressure washing in the winter. What are some what are some good pressure washing stories that you've you got to have some, some good ones? Oh, some yeah. Crazy shit that's um, happened. Let's see. The crazy world of pressure washing. Yeah. Professional, <laughs> professional pressure washing. Yeah, we watch poker on TV. There are some so, pretty good ones. I'd have to think. I'm sure I could come up with yeah. some better ones, but right off the bat, bartending stories. Oh, there you yeah. go. <laughs> those, are, those are decent too. Yeah, yeah. Those those are those, <laughs> but, uh, I'll tell you what. Um, tell you what. I'll do one of each. Yeah, and then save the rest of them, and we can record another one. All right. It'll be the. It'll be the gauge. Yeah. So, so pressure washing. Um, one day, we had to go all the way up to Palestine. I had just started, it's middle of winter, we went up to Palestine to wash the FedEx vehicles, and um, so that was like, I don't know, first couple months I had worked with the company, maybe six months in, just me and the owner, we fly all the way up to Palestine, moving vehicles out and stuff, Uh, we line them all up outside, and then you know, you wash and you go back and forth between vehicles, and we got a whole system. It's hard to see when you're spraying. You're going between two vehicles, and they're usually parked, you know I mean? Not that much room to work with. So when you're spraying all that mist coming off, it's really hard to see what's going on around you. And, you know, you assume that people will pay attention to the guy that's spraying water outside, but they don't. 
And so it's a big thing with the owner, you know, careful where you're spraying, watch what you're doing, you know, don't be spraying customers and, you know, yeah. especially with acid and, you know, stuff like that we use. Oh, okay. So there's some hazard there, but uh, the first time I went up there, I'm washing and me and the owner had been, you know, talking about stuff and this and that. And I get to the end of this car, washing all the way down the side and I let go of the trigger and all the mist clears and the owner is standing at the end of it and there's water <laughs> dripping off his hat. He is soaked from head to toe and it's middle of winter and he's staring right at me and I was like, oh shit. And he's like, you're fucking lucky. I wasn't a FedEx employee. And that's all he said. And it was about two hours of silence all the way back. <laughs> he was pissed. Um, and we laughed about it a lot more later, you know, because uh, later on, you know, some shit had happened to me. And yeah, you know what? You deserve that. Glad it happened. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was a pretty good one. And then bartending. Man, that, that, story, that story reminds me, I did car, I forgot I did carpet cleaning for a while too. Oh. I had two jobs, so that was, I would carpet clean all day and then I'd go work at Mountain in the, in the evenings. But that one, so I was a good hard worker, but there were two things that I did because I would just be focused on my work and, you know, so once I remember this long hallway, I think it was a nursing home or something. And so I was run the extractor and the thing had a cord and it would pull along with you, but, you know, the cord's only, only so long and I'm, you know, I'm focused on working sure. on doing it. And I'd be pulling the thing. I wouldn't realize I get to the end of the cord. I'd pull the machine too far and pop the uh, thing out, but it would break the faceplate on the outlet. I'm like, oh shit! And my boss is like, all right, dang it! So I go plug it into the next one. Pop! <laughs> <laughs> plug it into the next one. That was one where after like the fourth one, he's like, maybe just go sit in the truck <laughs> for this one. And the other thing I would do because you're focused like this, and you always move the dining room table. Um, it's amazing I didn't break more of the dining room light fixtures with my head. So yeah, bartending, probably the best one, at least my favorite one. Um, have any of you guys been to the Thistle at Crystal Mountain? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I used to bartend there. One day, I hope this story's not about me. We had a wedding up, at, you know, up wherever, up on the hill. And um, I'm working in the thistle, and then you got the rose garden outside. You know, it's all landscape, nice flowers, and there's dining out there. So we've got a bunch of people out there having lunch and whatever. I see all these people, you know, a bunch of commotion going on outside. People, you know, and there's suits and stuff. All these wedding people are coming through. And I go out there because there's, you know, a bunch of people crowding around. And um, the groom and his best man, his brother, were arguing out there about something. And so, you know, I went out there and kind of like, hey, guys, you, you got to move along. Like, people are having lunch here. You can't sit here and argue. Like, yeah. take it somewhere else. Yeah. So they move along. I go back inside. A little bit later, they come back through. I see all this commotion on going on out there again. And I go out and I look and all I see is feet sticking out of the bushes <laughs> on the edge of the rose garden. And the groom had knocked his brother out cold. They had to call an ambulance because he's out cold in the bushes. Like, while people are eating lunch and stuff. Just wham! <laughs> oh, I laughed so hard. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> like, that's amazing. That's something my family would do. That's a Thompsonville wedding right there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. My, my first, my first yeah. wedding reception was at Crystal. So I was kind of waiting for this, where the story was going. Yeah. I don't have a brother, so yeah. I'm clear. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty good. Pretty oh, good. Knocked him out cold. Huh? Yes. Feet just sticking <laughs> straight out. You couldn't see him at all. Just his feet sticking out of the bushes. That's right out of a movie. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was. Man. It was. It was pretty funny. Well, think of some more, and we'll have you on again. All right. Awesome. So, we appreciate it, man. This is awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah it was fun. Nice talking yeah. to you. Thanks, guys. The following Wednesday, I might be out. I'm flying out that afternoon to Pittsburgh. Okay. Nineteenth, so I might not be there for that. Okay. Fact, I'm sure I won't because I got to drop the dogs off. And... Ah. Okay. Where are you staying? I got my buddy's a general manager at a hotel in Pittsburgh. I don't know. I haven't booked. Uh, booked. I haven't even booked my flight yet. Uh, Drury Inn. The Drury. Dude, the Drury Inn. Oh man. Those are free the guys. Drinks, free dinners, yep. and yeah. and I want to 
know how they because I've been to Durians everywhere and the staff is yeah ridiculously friendly really yeah. like that, everybody hey have a good day good, good trip the housekeepers that like everyone I'm like I, holy cow that was the place we were it, checking man. into you, you and I stayed and we we're checking in Mike's checking in and oh, the young kid the young dude behind the desk without skipping a beat he's like all right I got you guys in the honeymoon suite then. <laughs> He did. The look at the confusion on Mike's like, face, and as soon as he said it, I'm like, "Oh, good one." He he picked this out. Oh, he knew he could do it. The uh, look at confusion on Mike's face for him, and he's like, "What? No." <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, it was good. Yeah, it was good. He's like, "I'm just kidding." I was like, "Bam!" Oh man. Well done. No, I guess from um, his name's Chris Park. So shout out to Chris. I went to college with him, and he runs the. The one in Pittsburgh that was converted from an old Federal Reserve building. Is it close to the airport? I don't know. I have to look. Um, but, uh, yeah, he was telling me about it, how there, it's like totally, the company is like super vertically integrated. So I think he said another, it's family owned, and another part of the family is the construction business that builds, that actually does the building. Hmm. So, so they got everything integrated. Vertically, vertically integrated with a very flat organization. Mm-hmm. Sure. I got those terms wrong. Oh, a lot of synergy. I don't know. Synergy? A lot of synergy. They're, you were, you they're were using the right term. The I'm just making fun of corporate this. Jargon. They're inside the box and outside. Results oriented. What are some other? Paradigm things? shifting. Ooh, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. This is just the typical But we should look up. Uh, Real disruptors. <laughs> we should look up. Uh, no, don't, don't. Is it undergoing don't, definition? Don't. Oh, oh, that you know was another good That's one. one of my favorites, undergoing definition, undergoing which essentially definition. means we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got to say, my favorite phrase from that podcast, though, was, um, was Paul saying, you know, there's these stereotypes that everyone has. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> kind of redundant, isn't it? <laughs> it's like that everyone, everyone yeah. has Everybody. these stereotypes. Yeah. Did, did you just stereotype stereotyping? Ooh, that's meta. Maybe I did. Man. That's true. Yeah, I didn't even pick that up. Yeah, you said it, I was just like, that's funny. That's a stereotype. <laughs> I'm not that. Because yeah. like, everyone has everyone it. Just has like, it. everyone. Is that me? Is that your impression of me? Hmm? Is that your impression of me? Uh, I don't know. No, I was just uh, trying to emphasize that everyone has Is your buddy, does he do the one downtown Pittsburgh or the one by the airport? There's a Drury by that. I just looked. There's a Drury by the airport, the one downtown. Uh, whatever It'll one. Probably be downtown if it's old. Yeah. Something. Yeah. So it's probably the. I like staying close to the airports. <clears throat> that's where the classy people hang out. Is it? Yeah. Because <laughs> that's where you are. Airport. Airport <laughs> hotels. Oh. Mm-hmm. Airport hotel bar on a Wednesday night. <laughs> What's that? That's that nice. smell. Oh, loneliness. That's loneliness. It's a little desperation. Yeah. Desperation. Yeah. Slice of life there. Yeah. I've yeah. been there. I sat at those bars. It was really ill-fitting, wrinkled suits. Yeah. If they sold it in a bottle, it'd be you to you to desperation. <laughs> you to desperation, right? Some of them just drinking and eating and watching TV. Few of them on laptops, pretending to work. Pretending to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Scrolling Facebook for the most part. Bartenders behind the bar just Hoping. wanting to kill themselves. Right. <laughs> And everybody's sitting there hoping slash not hoping someone sits next to them. Yeah. <laughs> just somebody to talk to. Like, I just, to I just, I would, man, I would really love to talk to someone, but I sure hope nobody sits yeah. next to me so I don't have to talk to anybody. That's exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, very, very few experiences. There was the, the Marriott in Ann Arbor when I ended up hanging out with the painters that were there painting the Marriott. That was a fun night. I think I remember you telling me about that. Yeah, they, they were uh, they yes. were they were traveling around painting all the Marriott yeah. courtyard Marriotts, doing all the exterior painting, and I ended up hanging out with the painters that night. Nice. Uh, that was, yeah, that was fun. I bet it was. Mm-hmm.